Welcome to Breakpoint Podcast, a show that dedicates itself to the best racket sport in the world. For the most extensive tennis podcast, let's join Ryan Tennyson, Josh Campbell, Joel Fritchie, and your host, Val The Juniors Tour is often one overlooked by many tennis followers who only focus on the glitz and glamour of the Pro Tour and the Grand Slams. But the Juniors Tour is where the stars of the future are applying their trade as they look to succeed in the sport that they so love very much. This is Breakpoint Podcast. I'm your host, Val Febo, and we've got plenty to get through tonight. Joel Fritchie's in the house. Acapulco and Dubai, we're going to talk about those tournaments. Uh, Sao Paulo as well. We've got a very special guest in the studio, but before we introduce who that is, uh, Joel Fritchie is here, as I mentioned. Joel, how are you going? Very well, Val. How it's are great. you, mate? I'm very good. Great to see you. You weren't here last week, so yeah. I've missed looking at you. What's been happening? Not much, mate. Just um, waking up early a bit. Yeah, need yeah, sleep, five, 5.30 this morning, was it? Yeah, 5.30 starts. So. Yeah, that, that's, yeah, that doesn't help anybody. Yeah. Um, but the reason, Joel, that I read out that little excerpt at the start of the show was because we've got a very special guest in, and she is not only history-making on Breakpoint as the first female ever to come on this show in, what, two and a half years? Something like that. Um, So, yeah, we finally got one, which is good. Um, But she's one of the stars of the Australian Juniors team and Juniors circuit, and uh, I interviewed her a couple of times at the Australian Open, and she's one of the loveliest young women that I've met uh, around anywhere in the industry, and uh, her name is Gabriella De Silva Fick. How are you going, Gabriella? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for having me. No, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was a real pleasure to have you on, and we're really excited to talk about your career and, and what you've done so far and what you hope to, to do. But look, you've started 17 years old, so this this is going to make us feel a little bit old. You were born <laughs> five months before we started school. Oh. oh. Um, so, so that makes us feel a little bit old. Um, See, so yeah, I think we started in what, January 2001, something like that, so or February. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, that's... um. Yeah, only being twenty-two, but still feeling old. That's um, that's the little one there. Yeah, that's how. Yeah, that's how um, that's how life's getting at the moment. But look, I met you as I said at the Australian Open, made the second round there in the singles, quarterfinals in the doubles, and currently ranked eight hundred and fiftieth in the world on the WTA, and that that's an astounding start to your career. And um, so far, how have you enjoyed uh, life as a tennis player? Oh, look, I. Did not play any, uh, well, I played every sport other than tennis pretty much growing up. So it was a spanner in the works when I decided to quit basketball, which I played pretty seriously until about eight or nine years old. Um, but I've just loved it. I think moving to Melbourne a couple of years, uh, two years ago, pretty much, it opened up a lot of aspects I didn't know about tennis, um, thanks to my coach, Andrea Stolenberg, um, and just developing my game. And I'm really excited to see where my game goes in the future because I can really see and picture how I want to play. And so from basketball to tennis, and then you're from Sydney originally, that, yes. that's correct? Yeah. So what, um, what made you transfer or transfer sports from basketball to tennis? Um, I struggled a little bit in a team sport. I was very self-motivated and driven and um, losing when you're in a team when you're playing quite well is a bit heartbreaking. Yeah. Um, but my mom played basketball at college in America. My dad played golf, but also coached basketball. So that was pretty much all we talked about, all we watched. And I love it. Um, but the individual sport just drew me and yeah, I love it. 
So and and so the individual's aspect of tennis is is something that drove you to the sport. How do you go playing doubles then if you play well? And uh... oh no, I, I love doubles actually, <laughs> but it's a bit different because you still can control quite a lot, um, which is what I enjoy. And it's all up to you. Winning or losing, you have to take responsibility, and you can create your own destiny really. Yeah, and I remember you saying your favorite surface is clay. Yes. Um, what is it about clay that you love so much? I like playing a bit of a spinnier game with more um, heaviness to the ball. So I like it a little bit slower. Um, but I enjoy any surface really. But clay, I like the development of the game on the clay. You have to build up points. You have to um, win the point about four or five times just in one point to actually win the point. You can't hit winners quite easily. So it's quite a um, mental game, I think. When I was doing my high school in Gabriella, I could barely get up and, and play a very low level of juniors like on Saturday morning and I always found myself <laughs> complaining about that so I'm like I'm interested to know and like with lessons during the week and whatever else how do you go about sort of balancing your uh, your studies with uh, with playing as well I think this year is going to be quite hard I've never really struggled with it too much I just find time management is the biggest thing um but this year I'm doing my final year so my HSC um and I'm starting to find it a little bit stressful Although I think it's just discipline that is the biggest um, point. And balancing, there's not much balance. It's pretty much school and tennis and that's it. But that's a sacrifice you have to make. And as you know, as a tennis player, do you find much time for friends outside of that? Because you said there's a lot of sacrifices you have to make. But do you find much time between school and tennis to socialize with friends and, and so on? Um. I used to a little bit in Sydney, but now living in Melbourne, I don't have too many um, school friends, for example. Mm. I know all the tennis people and I don't find too much. I find when I get to Sundays, which is my day off, I'm pretty exhausted. I have to study more. So there's not a lot of time at the moment. Although traveling, you have a little bit more spare time to go and see tourist attractions and it's, it's a little bit you have a bit more free time yep and in terms you were saying it's an online is it an online education thing at this um with the academy was it yeah it's through distance education yep. Yep. so um i have a teacher i have a teacher for every subject but we communicate mostly on the phone skype yep. sessions or all my works on the internet and i have to complete myself and then submit it through our website well, at least you can, I guess, stay home and do that. Do you have? You don't have to go anywhere else to do that. Uh, we have a classroom oh, okay. at the academy, the National Academy of Victoria, where there's a few other students as well in there, and we have a uh, a teacher or a supervisor that looks after us and monitors all our work, and we go through exam for exams through her. Um, yeah, so it's actually quite enjoyable to be in a class still with a few other students. We're doing different subjects and I'm doing a different program completely to them, but we still have the interaction, you know, in the classroom, which is quite enjoyable. Fantastic. And and looking now going to your tennis career, when when did you realize that you wanted to take this up professionally? I would say I was about 12 years old. I struggled the first few years because everyone's like, oh, you know, you have potential, you have really good athletic ability, um, you have quite a bit of talent, but I was not winning at all, and that was hard. So I won 12 nationals on clay court um, in Ipswich, and that was when I was like, wow, maybe I actually can do this, maybe I do have the potential, and that was the boost in confidence that I needed to actually commit to this and believe in my dream yeah when you're at that age did you have any sort of idols that you kind of aspired uh, aspired to be or looked up to um try and get you off the ground yeah definitely um sam stoza obviously was massive yeah. and she still is 
And she's a great role model for women's tennis in Australia and winning the clay court, um, the Roland Garros. Obviously, that was like, oh, maybe I can be like that winning clay court nationals under 12. Yeah, yeah, but definitely Sam Stozer, Laysen Hewitt, of course, his... um, his commitment to the game, and you can see on his face his determination to win every yeah. point. So definitely those two. Yeah. Yeah. I think Leighton was definitely one of mine. Now it's probably, oh, yeah. now it's probably I've turned, seen that firsthand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have actually. Um, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, probably not one of my finest moments. But um, uh, also, actually, you haven't seen me watch Federer, so that's uh, that's one I can keep uh, under wraps. But oh, of course, um, Federer is everyone's favourite. Yeah, oh, I love the bloke. Um, but. On the junior circuit as well, and I, I think I asked you this during the Australian Open, It's it, it'd be very difficult, I guess, if, if, if it was someone like me or you, Joel, playing someone that you'd never seen before, you can't really do much yeah. research on them. How do you go playing against someone that you've never seen before, maybe never even heard of before? Oh, yeah, exactly. My two matches actually in Australian Open juniors this year, the one girl I'd played in the previous tournament before in Traugen in the grade one, and that was the first time I'd seen her. Yep. And the girl I played in the second round from Italy, first time I'd ever played her and seen her. So um, you can take it two ways. You can obviously be really nervous going, oh, I don't know what to do, and be a little bit too focused on your game and not trusting just how you can play. And you just have to go on the court open-minded, expecting anything and just dealing what you get with, really. I know it's, it's, it is hard and I do prefer knowing a little bit about the play, especially if they come out firing and they're quite a tough player. You can get um, a little bit wound up. But, yeah, it is difficult. I'm excited. I think the more you progress through the tour, the more you obviously get to know all the players, know their game styles a little bit. And so that will be a little bit easier. And when, so now when, like when you go overseas and, and try, go play in tournaments in other countries, do you go on, do you do your research at all? Do you go on YouTube and see if you can search up the players and see if anything comes up? Oh, absolutely. I do like to have a bit of a visual of yep. how they play before. So I do YouTube them. Um, sometimes you get some strange videos of not <laughs> tennis players. <laughs> but yeah, I do like to know a little bit. Obviously, results, you can't really... They're not that reliable because you can beat this person, but they can beat that person. So you can't really rely on that. But yeah, I do like to have a bit of a visual, if I can, of how they play. When you're on tour, does it ever sort of get hard to kind of make ends meet? Because we hear so much um, about... Yeah players or lower ranked players that go on tour and more often than not they have to like sleep at airports or um you know they have to do it kind of very tough um certainly yeah certainly at that point of their career so do you ever um sort of have those kind of um issues gabrielle um i'm very lucky and privileged that either my mum or my dad travels with me and sometimes Mm. both of them if we're in australia um so that's really lucky that they can be there to support me because otherwise it would be tough i've seen girls and guys um, a little bit older than me in their 20s, doing it tough, sleeping on couches here and there, wherever they can find somewhere to sleep. Um, so it is tough. You have to you have to plan well before you go overseas. I find shorter trips are better. You can kind of get a little bit too stuck into the tour and just go, oh, I'll just go this tournament this week, this week, this week. And you're just playing. Not, I don't think you're actually thinking about the game and you might not have an actual goal. You might say, yes, this tournament I want to get to the semis, but you haven't really had this goal in mind for a few weeks. You know, you have to build up to it. You have to develop your game or you have to really set yourself a plan of how you want to get there. Oh, that's fantastic and really well answered. And how important is it 
to have that uh, that support of your mum or your dad or, or both when you do travel? Oh, it's vital. It's absolutely vital. Tennis is a game and it is, people say it is our life and it is our life. Everything is dedicated to the game. But to have my parents there and a really great coaching and training environment, support group, they kind of put in perspective what the game really is. Of course, it means everything to me. But at the end of the day, I still have a loving family at home. I still have a house. I still have food on the table. So I still have great friends. So you have to differentiate when it is really important, which is when you're on the court, when you're training in the gym and all those little aspects that you have to sacrifice and do that. But then you also have to remember that you have to live your life and you have to, of course, have these relationships. So, And the support, I guess, as I mentioned, must be in full in full swing when you play at the Australian Open. Tell us what that was like to have everybody come together and support you in Melbourne oh, this yeah. year. Australia Australian Open is absolutely great. Of course, all the Australians are there and my family flies down um, or drives down from Sydney and to have them all there is just so inspiring really, you know, to see actually all these people wanting you to succeed and follow your dream and be there for you and supporting you on the side is really, really great. And the Australian Open in itself, the tournament, second round losing to Elizabeth Elizabeth Cochiretto and then quarterfinals in the doubles. So a, a pretty good result. What positives do you take from the tournament? Of course, you can't really just go, oh, I made semis, that's a good tournament. I lost first round, that's a bad tournament. Yep. You, I think I like to focus a little bit more on how I'm playing. Have I improved from the last tournament? Did I do what I want to do on the court? So that was, um, I was hoping to go a little bit further into the tournament, especially in singles, but she played unbelievable. Mm. So, um, and she had a great run in the yeah. end, losing to the winner of the Australian Open, the semis, very close. Uh, and the doubles was great. I had a great fun with Ivana Popovic, another Australian player. And I took a lot of positives from that tournament, especially at Australian Open. Um, in that environment, it can be a little bit intimidating, but I felt like I handled it really well and I loved it out there, so. Of course, you want to go sort of as, as high in the rankings and as, as far as you can in, in your career. But um, at the start of different years and, and whatever else, um, with, with different tournaments coming up, do you ever sort of set yourself some goals about where you'd like to be at a certain time or, or reassess those things? Oh, absolutely. At the beginning of every year, we go, oh, I would like to be in this range of rankings. And you can't really focus 100% on rankings because if you play the game you want to play and how you want to play, the results will come in the end. So, of course, I have that ranking goal, but it isn't my sole focus, how I want to play and how I want to develop my game in a few years. And and um, I, I'm more, I set goals a little bit more into the future, like how I want to be playing and where I want to be when I'm 21, 22. So I think that's my main focus at the yeah. moment, not just short-term goals. Mm. And when you talk about goals, I remember you telling me that there were some restrictions or age restrictions on the WTA where you can only play a certain amount of tournaments. So would you care to elaborate on what those restrictions are for the listeners? Because it is it is quite interesting, but can be quite difficult to understand. Oh, it takes a lot of planning, a lot of time. Last year, when up to when you turn 17, you can only play a maximum of 13 tournaments that you get points in. It's not very many, is it? So, no, it isn't. I mean, I went overseas towards the middle of last year with only three tournaments that I could play and get points in. I ended up playing about four because one of them I didn't get any points and so I could continue mm. another week. 
So it is a lot of planning. It's a little bit hard to lose first round, getting only one point and go, oh, that's another tournament. Not lost, but it, it's a limiting. This year I have, I think it's seven, 16 tournaments that I can gain points in. So that's a little bit more... Um, I have a bit more to work with and go overseas a little bit more. Um, and then once I turn 18, the following 2019, then it's open eight. Then I can play as many tournaments as I want. So it's just until you turn 18. Oh, okay. That's a little bit unfair, don't yeah. you reckon, Joel? Yeah. That's, That's strange. Cause, yeah. And we've seen with so many players making deep runs at Grand Slams at the age of 15, like Martina Hingis won one. At 15, I think, and yeah. uh, Marta Kostiuk as well, someone who won the Juniors Australian Open last year. Exactly. She made the third round this year. And, you know, when you get a ranking that's high enough, and if you're that young, I reckon it would be pretty pretty frustrating if you can't be <laughs> can't be able to go to as many tournaments. But um, when you're looking at um, at your sort of goals and stuff, what, what's the dream tournament for you to play in? The Grand Slams. Yeah. I mean, any Grand Slam is great. I would love to play all of them. Obviously, if I get my ranking to a certain level, I can play in all of them. Yep. And so Grand Slams, I would have to say, is the, the ultimate tournament. Is there one in particular? I haven't experienced any of the other the Grand Slams other than Australian yep. Open. So obviously, I would love to play the Australian Open because I know what it yep. feels like. I know the atmosphere. But Wimbledon looks like a special tournament, even though... Good choice. <laughs> clay is my favourite surface. Yep. We are the opposite of clay. Yep. It just looks like an amazing tournament, yep. special atmosphere. Yeah, mm, I'm waiting for history? Joel to say that he was there. <laughs> he was there in 2016. Oh, that was that was the best day of my life. He, really? slips, he that slips that so into everything. Everyone says it's a bit of a different feel around the courts. Yeah, it's quite special. Yeah, it's really good, and like especially just having a cheeky pims in your hand and <laughs> yeah. having some strawberries and cream. No, it's good. Yeah. It's a good place. Yeah, it's a really special environment. Um, and also, where, where's the best place that you've played? I went to Barbados when yep. I was quite young to play just a grade four junior tournament. So not a high ranked tournament or anything, but the beaches were amazing. Yep. I still would have to come back to Melbourne. Australian Open is just, right. even though it, now it is almost my home, there's just a different feel. There's a different look around the courts. Everyone's hyped up. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, I think we can probably say that. Actually, maybe Joel might say Wimbledon still, but <laughs> um, but yeah, I I, I would, I'm, I'm very Melbourne biased. So um, yeah. yeah, you have to have to go with Melbourne. <laughs> um, that that's the rule in this studio. Um, but where's the worst place you've played? Oh, I hope there's no Bolivians watching. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Bolivia last two two years ago. Sorry. Yeah to um, play some junior tournaments. And actually, the venue was unbelievable. I couldn't believe it. Quite a poor country. I think it's mm. one of the poorest countries in South America. And so out the hotel wasn't great. Um, no air con, no windows, really. Oh, oh God. Yeah. No, I don't know if I could call it a bed either. Really? But the venue was amazing. I think we spent almost 23 hours of the day at the venue as long as we could because it was incredible to see such poverty outside the venue and then walk into a, like a multi-million dollar venue with pools, gyms, clay courts. Um, yeah, amazing venue, amazing venue. But that would be the beauty of tennis, I guess. Even if it's not the best place to play, mm. at least you can say, you know, it's an experience and, and you've seen it. So you can still, and it seems as though you've still taken a positive from the experience. Oh, exactly. And you have to, and it opens your eyes. It, it, it makes you appreciate these special tournaments. For example, like Australian Open. I mean, to go from that tournament to Australian Open, it's like chalk and cheese. But you have to remember that most of us have gone through all these tough tournaments and these tough places 
and we still are, I still am, and it isn't all the glitz and glamour that people think about. So it is special to go to Australia and open and get treated like that royalty, I guess. Yeah. And when you're not playing um, and you, I guess, try to unwind and, and switch off, what kind of things do you like to do to just distance yourself from the sport? The main thing is I have to get off my phone. <laughs> I have to put it miles away because you can just get sucked into that and that's really not beneficial at all in the tournament. Mm. Uh, I like to, most of the time at the moment, the last few years I've been doing schoolwork. So oh, next yeah, course, yeah. year, ask me the question again. <laughs> I don't know what the answer will be. Hey, schoolwork's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Nos. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, definitely not. Um, so, and also, who's your best friend on tour? Um, I would say, I have a lot of different friends from overseas. I see mm-hmm. them here and there so I was, I'm really good friends with Jamie Fallis yep. Jeanette Lynn um, who else let me think about this shout out to them as well yes yeah. <laughs> and quite a lot of the boys that I train yep. with in Melbourne and Sydney like Rinky Hijikata yep. I spoke to him a couple of times he's really level headed yeah great guy we went to um, schools quite close to each other yep. in Sydney and trained we've been friends since we were in year 6 or something yep. so um yeah, it's great to have those friends and then obviously meet other people overseas. I have a girl, I'm not sure, I haven't seen her actually in four years, but we're used to be really great friends. She's from Mexico yep. and um, she's a great girl, yeah. So you just have to kind of go with the flow and just be a little bit um, friendly. You can't be yeah. too enclosed and in your own world. You have to, yeah. yeah, that's exactly right. And I think we hear a lot of the pro players are very sort of yeah. closed-minded and like closed books and... You hear in the media that they're not very well liked. So, Perhaps, obviously, yeah. you, you've just got to be as friendly as you can and that, that helps you on tour, I guess. And mm. um, final question, what, what's the plan for 2018 and beyond? So, for this year, where would you like to end up, at, say, in December 2018? If you can look back and see a successful year, where would you be? Um, I'm going to say a ranking goal. I would like to be about top 300. Yep. Um, top 400, of course, I'd be happy with. Top 300 would be great, put me in a great standings. Um, but I'm still focusing on developing my game and taking my game where it wants to be, completing all different aspects of my game, making it very um, full of variety, really. So I'm working very close with my coach and we're working a lot on the court and I'm excited just to build my game, build trust in my game and see where it goes, yeah. Well, that, that's brilliant. Gabriella, you're going to stick around for the rest of the show because yeah. we've got a little bit of fun planned today, Joel. <laughs> um, something different because we can't do our Indian Wells preview because the draw's not out yet. We're doing this on a Monday for the first time ever. But, Gabriella, thank you so much for joining us on thank the show you. and talking about your career. It's one of the most exciting careers I've seen and I can't wait to see how you prosper over the oh, next over the next much. few years. And uh, here on Breakpoint, we hope that you do really, really well. So, um, yeah, thank you. And, yeah, we can't wait to hear your, uh, your opinions on now... Uh, on our breakpoint, uh, on our new breakpoint segment for this week, but we'll be back with more after the break and uh, tune in for a bit of fun, Joel. You're listening to Breakpoint Podcast. Remember to tune in every week on Wooshka as we update you with the best tennis news in the world. We're also on social media. You can find us on Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, and Facebook Breakpoint or at Breakpoint One. Keep listening as we discuss the rest of the tennis news. 
This is Breakpoint Podcast, Val Febo, Joel Ferrucci and our special guest Gabriella De Silva Fick uh, in the house tonight and look, we've had a great chat with you Gabriella and we'll go through, did, did you manage to watch much tennis over the last week in Acapulco, Dubai or no, Sao Paulo? No, I actually haven't which is unfortunate because I love to watch Australian Open when that was on and all the lead-up tournaments, APR was had the tennis mm. on all the time. But unfortunately, I've been in school and training yeah. a lot, and I'm staying with friends, so yeah. I have to. School doesn't help, does it? No, um, it's a no, bit of a... Yeah, um, we, we like school in this studio. We, no, we don't. Do we? Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I'm just <laughs> what trying are you to, talking about? If, if, kids, like, if kids are listening, we're, <laughs> trying to, we're trying to get them involved in school, but um, yeah, um, once you get out, life's a lot better. Um, Acapulco last week, uh, we saw a women's event and a men's event. Well, the men's event, I think Joel... Made us pretty happy because we love we love this man Juan Martin Del Potro, the six seed defeating Kevin Anderson. Uh, I think Ryan called him trash a couple of years ago, and he's back inside the top ten at a pretty much career high ranking. So Ryan uh, can eat his words there. Uh, he won that title six four six four for his twenty first career title. I think he's seventh five hundred, so he sits fifth on the all time list uh, in that department. There in Dubai, it was Roberto Batista Agu. I did not expect this over Luca Pui in the final 6-3-6-4 for his eighth career title. In Sao Paulo, it was one of our fan favourites, Fabio Fonini, over Nicolas Hurry of Chile, 1-6-6-1-6-4 for his sixth title. Um, is that a place that, uh, that you'd consider going to play in, Sao Paulo, Gabriela? Absolutely. Actually, my mum's Portuguese, so oh, we right. quite a lot of... Um, mm. Family in Brazil and in Spain, so I would definitely go yeah. there, yeah. Because you spoke about going to Bolivia. I'd love to go to one of those South American tournaments and, and see how it all works mm. because I think it, it'd be super fascinating to see how they run tennis tournaments down there compared to, you know, from what we see here where, you know, we're pretty, you know, you've got major cities like Brisbane and Sydney and, and Melbourne, so it'd be, it'd be pretty unbelievable. Yeah, definitely. That I think it's the culture that stands out mm. in those countries. You kind of get to see who they really are and yep. you know their their culture really so um i think it's really interesting those t- i love south america I absolutely love it mm-hmm. because obviously my mom's side is quite yep. south american so i can relate to that culture um but i absolutely love it it's really fun it's yep. it's enjoyable yeah no, i'd love to go i think marin chilich and fabio fonini went down to carnival Oh, last really? week, um, when they were in Rio, so that would have ah. been a, that would have been a fun night with Fabio there. Um, <laughs> in uh, Acapulco on the women's side, anyway, this is a tournament I would love to go to. The setting Absolutely. of this stadium is ridiculous, right on the beach. Lacey Serenko, you picked this, Joel. I did pick it. Um, you also picked Caroline Wozniacki to win a slam as well. I, did I pick just that. No one's I thought I'd uh, I'd just throw that in for you. Um, so she defeated it. Stephanie Vigel uh, in the final five seven seven six six two for her fourth career title. So just so you know, Gabriella Joel said last year that Caroline Wozniacki will win a slam. Mm-hmm. And no one I, believed me. I didn't believe it would happen. So, <laughs> I believed you. I definitely agree so, with that So maybe give Gabriella a good prediction. Maybe she might end up going on to win a slam this year. So Yeah, if maybe you I want. should. Yep. <laughs> Go for it. So you might get lucky, Gabriella. Who knows? Um, at the end of the year, you might be a Grand Slam champion. Oh, Who that knows? would be lovely. If Joel Frucci is... Um, Actually, no, I'm winning the competition, so <laughs> um, you're close second behind me. Um, so rankings now, Joel. Um not too many changes in the top tens, but do you want to go for the men's? Yeah, so there was only uh, only one change to the top ten. Roger Federer uh, up the top of the tree. I don't think Val will uh, let us forget about it. Uh, Rafael Nadal Never again. second. He's doing the fist pump. Uh, Marin Cilic third. Grigor Dimitrov in four. Alex Verov five. Dominic Team six. David Goffin in seventh. Here's where the change is. One, Martin Del Potro up one to eight. That is fantastic to see. We love one, Martin. Kevin Anderson down one. And Jack Sock rounds out the top ten. Thank God. 
Josh isn't here. Oh, he was, he, <laughs> he dropped down two spots last week when Josh was here, so wasn't too bad. Um, he, he, I, I calmed down his tears. Um, <laughs> the Aussies, Nick Kyrgios down four to 20. Matt Ebden up nine to 78 after a second round in Acapulco. John Millman, our, one of our favorites on this show, uh, up one to 92. Jordan Thompson down six to 98. Alex Deminor down four to 141. That will only go higher. Um, uh, Akira Santillan down three to 172. Bernard Tomic down three to 174. Tanasi Kokonakis up 22 to 177. Jason Kubler up eight to 201. And John Patrick Smith down two to 221. Your riser of the week, Joel. Um, yeah, the young uh, Greek boy, Stefanos Sissipas. Uh, I hope I got the pronunciation right. Uh, but he's I think, up, up. I think it's right. Yeah, I, I hope it's right. He's <laughs> up 11 to 71, made the uh, quarterfinals in Dubai. Actually beat Phil Kohlschreiber along the way. So that's uh, nothing to be sneezed at. Have you seen much of him, Gabriella? No, I haven't actually. One so... of the young guns. I think he's 19. I think I'm pretty sure he's 19. Um, ages sometimes elude me, but um, yeah. So as he would have been around the junior circuit around a similar time, but I haven't seen him. No, I actually I played juniors. I started playing juniors when I was about 13, yep. and only played for about two years. And I had quite a few injuries that was yep. out, so I couldn't travel too much. I only really travelled to Asia for junior tournaments and South America for that yep. one trip. Um, so I didn't really see too many people. Yeah, yeah, which was unfortunate, but. It's all right. You'll get to meet them soon enough. But uh, my rise-up was Roberto Bautista Agu winning in Dubai, up 7-16, to 16, closing in on his career-high ranking of 13. Your slider of the week, Joel? Um, how Sousa, down 13-85. to 85. I didn't realise how far he'd slid. I mean, he was mm. always sort of hanging around the top 30 or so, um, just kind of closing out those, um, those seeding places. But he's really just kind of fallen off the cliff so to speak a little bit yeah he hasn't way. hasn't really won a title for yeah. a while so but look he's done really well and especially especially i think for portuguese tennis he's been a pioneer really winning titles and along with uh, gastel elias is still playing now so um i think there's a lot of potential there for for gastel to keep going and uh well, i guess we'll see how we go when they play davis cup but um my slider um, Sam Query couldn't defend his points in um, Acapulco. Lost in the first round to Matty Ebden. Was not expecting that. Mm. Uh, he's down 10 to 21. So that's not uh, not the best slide for him. Um, but do you want to go for the women's top 10? Sure thing. Um, so the WTA top 10 was actually uh, unchanged. Simona Halep still leads the way. Caroline Wozniacki second. Gabinia Muguruza three. Alina Svitolina four. Carolina Pliskova five. Yelena Rostopenko six. Caroline Garcia seventh. Uh, Venus Williams at eight, Petra Kvitova nine, and Angie Kerber rounds out the top ten. Fantastic. I'll do the Aussies. Ash Barty down five to 21. Gavrilova stays true at 26. Uh, Sam Stowe's at 46, unchanged. Isla Tomjanovic up four to 92. Uh, Arena Rodionova up two to 128. Olivia Rogowska up one to 145. Lizette Cabrera up one to 156. Priscilla Hon down four to 194. Destiny Iava down 30 to 218. And Isabel Wallace down four to 252. Now, and Gabriella, you're up two to 850. Yay, so, I haven't played a tournament in a yeah, while. <laughs> there you go, a riser. Um, who do you see as the, the best young prospects in that little group there? And it, it, obviously we can include Jamie Fallis in that as well because we've seen a lot of her. Um, who do you include out of sort of Cabrera, Hon, Ayava, um, Fallis and, and so on? Um, I would definitely say Lizette. She's done really, really well mm-hmm. for the past almost year, I would say. She yep. had a quite a good start last year. Um, yeah, she looks like she's really moving up the ranks really quickly. I haven't gone to play her. I actually haven't gone to play many of those girls other than Jamie and Destiny because they're around my age. Um, 
So I would say Lizette, definitely. Yep. I think she's up on the rise, yeah. Fantastic. And, well, speaking of rises, your riser of the week, Joel? Uh, Sarah Roney, up 32 to 93. Just came out of nowhere and won Indian Wells. In um, the 125K series event. Yeah, so mm. uh, just one of those Italian kind of yo-yos that's uh, just <laughs> completely awful one day and then um, yeah. pretty good the next day. Yeah, we see <laughs> we see a lot of that um, with just the fire. Hope, yeah. we, we're Italian, so we, we can say <laughs> oh, that. Um, there we go. I was wondering. I was like, yeah, oh, no, no. We, no, we can <laughs> say that. It's okay. Um, my riser of the week is uh, Gabriella, up to <laughs> 850. Oh, thank you. i got to give you the riser. And also, uh, I just wanted to say this name, Veronica Sepedi-Roy, <laughs> up 7 to 75. I think, can we call her the human centipede? Or is that a little bit harsh? Uh, it's a pretty cool nickname. Suit yourself. Suit yourself. It's a cool. We mean it in an endearing fashion, but let's not go with it. Um, slider of the week. Uh, Ash Barty down five to twenty-one. Didn't defend her KL title, um, which I guess in a way is kind of a, a roundabout kind of compliment because we're actually speaking about Ash Barty being a champion, mm. um, which is I think something you picked, but uh, something that certainly the rest of us didn't pick. So um, yeah, look, I mean it's it's. Not great aesthetically for Ash, but I think in that kind of reverse way, it's actually not, not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, she's, oh, she's still got so much potential and so yeah. much rising to do in her career. She's only 21, so um, plenty plenty of time for her to get into the top 10. I said by May, I may be wrong, but let's let's still hold out. Um, Mariana Lucic-Baroni is mine, down 14 to 79, just plagued by injuries over the last year. So unfortunate for her. Um, quickly, no previews this week, as I said, but the competition standings are me on 28. Uh, Joel, you're on 24. Ryan is on 21. And Josh is on 20. Had a clean zero last week, Josh. So the <laughs> arrogance pill will uh, will be bitter to swallow. Um, when Josh gets things right, Gabriella, he does not let us hear the end of it. So, yeah, can his um, head fit through the door no. Uh, no, not usually. <laughs> next week, next week it will just. Um, now, now it's time for a bit of fun because the Academy Awards were today. Um, Gary Oldman winning Best Actor, Francis McDormand won Best Actress. I think that's right. Um, but we're going to give our Tennis Academy Awards today, and Gabriella, you're going to join in on this. Yeah. Um, so look, let's go for Best Actor. So Best Male Player or Best Male Act of of the last year. So we'll start with you, Gabrielle. Who who you think yours is? Oh, I think. I'm going to go with Curios. Isn't he a bit of an actor? Oh, he's, <laughs> he's a character on the court. He's a character. He's a great guy, though. He is a really great guy. I'd say, I'd say Curios, but I also think Alex Zverev. Yeah. Yeah. Fantastic. And Joel? Uh, well, I've got one a bit, a bit left field. He's not actually playing. He's retired. But he retired within the last year. So. Yeah. Radek Stepanek. Yeah, he's definitely just, a character. He's just entertaining. Well, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I just liked watching him play, mainly yeah. not necessarily because of the actual tennis, but the antics. The worm after winning? The, yeah, the, the antics that he brought to the court. I always found him quite entertaining. Well, that's great. No, he was a very entertaining player to watch. Uh, mine, well, who else? Roger Federer. Um, oh, just, of course. <laughs> yeah, of course. Had to be. Um, best actress, female, Gabriella. I'm going to go with another Aussie, mm-hmm. Dasha. Daria Gabrilova. Mm-hmm. She is fun. Yep. In, on and off the court, in the gym, she brings a great character to the gym. So yep. I'm going to say Dash. Fantastic, Joel. Andrew Pekovic. That's a good a little one. jig. That's a, That's good, a one. good one. Well, we saw it Kuyong this year. She um she got the linesman involved. Both having a bit yeah, of a dance. She did, so yeah. um no, definitely. That's a very good one. Mine's Coco Vandaway. Because of all the different emotions that she brings onto the court, she can never be a to- mm. she can never be typecast. Let's put it that way. <laughs> she can be angry one minute, happy the next. Um, who knows what you're gonna get with her. Best director, so best coach. 
on oh, tour. I'm a bit biased here and go my coach, Andrea Stoltenberg. Definitely, yeah. Fantastic. Nothing well, wrong with that. No, nothing wrong. If you've got the coach there and you think she's the best, then why not? And Joel? Yeah. Um, Danny Velvedu, the coach of Grigor Dimitrov. I, I just sort of enjoy the way he coaches. Uh, whenever he's playing, you, you can almost cast an eye off to his his players box and I was lucky enough to watch Grigor against uh, Mackenzie McDonald at uh, at the opening round too and he was always up and about every point just pumping the fist speaking in uh, Bulgarian or Russian or Eastern European or whatever it was speaking um, of foreign language yeah and uh, and for football fans he also looks like Mauricio Pochettino so that was he does. an interesting observation he yeah. does jeez uh, mine is Craig Tizer coach of oh, Ash Barty yes. I think um, I spoke to him after the Nuka medal last year and um the way that he and Ash work together, I think, is is outstanding. And uh, what they have brought and what they've done over the last year, I think, has been magnificent. Definitely. So I think he deserves that res- uh, that award there. Best picture, so best tournament over the last year, Gabriella. That I've attended? Would you anything, say? anything. Watched, attended, anything that's caught your eye. I have to say Australian Open, but I'm going to go with... A tournament I played, it was a 25,000 in Holland, yep. Yep. and that was a really special tournament. I mean, the people made the tournament, but we had Mercedes-Benz, top of the range as Kersey cars, so it was amazing. I would have to say that one. They can probably <laughs> fork that out for the Australian Open, couldn't they, instead of a Kia? <laughs> instead of a Kia, jeez. Well, I'm not complaining getting driven <laughs> 100 metres, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, fair enough. That's brilliant. Can I just ask Gabriella, did you get to wear clogs? Oh, my God. No, I oh. didn't. Yeah. I was also worried about the wood, you know, with oh, yeah, Australian yeah. authorities. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Good call. Good call. Um, no, my best picture was um, I had Wimbledon 2016, but of course that was two years ago. <laughs> and I only had that just to gloat about it. Um, no, but I changed mine. I had a good think about it. Um, oh, he's actually changed it. Wow. Yeah. Uh, Brisbane this year. Oh. The Rise of the Demon. Alex Demon or, yeah. Very enjoyable to watch. Yep. And Sydney as well. I guess you can probably put those two weeks together. Yeah, yeah, 100%. It was one of those two and yeah. eventually picked the first one. Yeah, of course. Um, mine, well, US Open, I guess, from last year for the drama with um, all four Americans being in the semifinals and the women's and Sloane Stephens coming out of almost nowhere yeah. to win that tournament. And then on the men's side, um, Kevin Anderson getting to the final and Rafa not having to play someone inside the top 25 to win the title. So just sheer drama at the US Open last year. Um, we won't ask you to do these next ones yeah, because uh, because <laughs> you may make some enemies. But worst actor of the year, Joel Victor Troisky <laughs> had to be. I can agree be. with you on that one, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, that that had to be um, his Wimbledon blowout, and of course, I think he had about three blowouts last year. So yeah, where was I? Forget which tournament uh, or what, what city it was in. There was the tournament. It was quite a small kind of indoor court. And Vienna. I think it was Vienna. He lost his marbles. Oh, I've never seen anything like it. I'm surprised the roof didn't blow off. Did job. he also yeah. lose um, the plot Australian Open one year on the outdoor courts? Who was that? Maybe Jerzy Janovic, I think it was. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. it was yeah, <laughs> yeah. That goes down as one of the all-time great yes. dummy and spits of tennis. The other memorable one was, okay, obviously we've got Marcos Bagdadis, but yeah. I, I remember Jürgen Meltzer as well, I think it was. Mm. And I think he was bleeding from smashing his head with his racket. No, Eugenie. Eugenie. Mikhail Eugenie, that's yeah. right. Yeah, um, yeah that and Bag- Bagdadis probably sits at number one, even above McEnroe, just for the sheer <laughs> fact that the rackets weren't even outside the bag. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think that sits as number one of all time. But mine, well, not his biggest fan, Nick Kyrgios. Um, I just think uh, he's probably typecast himself as the, the bit of the um, aggressor. Mm. And, um, yeah, that, that gets my worst actor of the year. And, Joel, your worst actress? Um, I was pretty big on this particular woman probably at this point last year, but I think what's happened since then has probably led me to 
pick her for this. Uh, Christina Mladenovic just hasn't won a lot of matches um, in the last sort of six months or so. And it's a real shame because she's such a good player and we know how quickly she rose in the rankings. But, um, you know, she's just had a really bad spell. Really bad spell. Yeah, she definitely hasn't. What do you think she can do to actually get herself back inside that, you know, well, she yeah. was in the top 10 for a little bit, but what, what, can, what can she do? Uh, well, I mean, she's got a decent hitting partner now with Dominic Team. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I don't know. I mean, well, the obvious one that comes to mind is a new coach, but I, mm. I'm not necessarily one for, you know, players sacking coaches or changing coaches just because having a bad yeah, uh, run absolutely. of form. It's, yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's really interesting. I mean, maybe you have to actually look at changing your game. Um, yeah. You know, Caroline Wozniacki did it and look, look where it got her. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, Grand Slam champion. Mine, well, Elisa Cornet. Um, I just think some of the things that she pulls off on court just probably shouldn't go onto court. Um, the way that she was acting in the Australian Open this year. Um, yes, I understand it was hot, but that was um, a little bit too over the top. I think she overacted. And then I think we've seen that in a couple of matches against Venus. I think Venus had had a lot to say about her um, throughout the last year. So I think, um, yeah, Lisa Cornet gets mine. Your best, actually, we'll get you involved in this one okay. too. Your best moment over the last year. Um, you can I'm, say Roger for this one. I don't have him. Uh. Yes, it's Roger, of course. <laughs> oh, yes. Wasn't that special? He is just... If anyone in the world could win the last tournament ever played, it would have to be him. He just yeah. holds a special aura to mm. the game and he's really he's kept the game classy, I guess. Did yeah. you get to walk past him at all in the Australian Open? Or Actually, I had a moment when yeah. I was about... I think it was an under 12s camp mm. during Australian Open. We got to go underground and we had passes. We were so excited, little ones like walking in the change rooms and everything. And he walked past us. And I think there was a group of five of us. We just oh. dropped to the floor. <laughs> we we're like, oh my gosh, he is perfect in every <laughs> single aspect. His hair, everything <laughs> is perfect. You know, I had the same reaction last year. I walked past him in the tunnel. He was watching Murray play under Rod Laver Arena. And I, I'm like, you know what? It's Roger. I've got to say something. I was like, good yeah. luck with. Roger, for the rest of the Open, you're a legend. And he's like, oh, thank you. He was so humble. and he is, yeah. Oh, he's just, yeah, yes. gushing fanboy. <laughs> um, your best moment, Joel? Uh, well, I think you know what's coming, Val. Uh, yeah, I do. Caroline wasn't actually winning the Australian Open, not only because it was her first title, but was she it because you right. picked it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. But no, I was genuinely happy for her. And it was a, a great final as well. Yeah, um, it was. And even, I've got to say, um, the whole women's draw this year was, was terrific. Saw a lot of good matches. One of the best I can remember. Yeah, if Mm. not the best, I think. Yeah, Yeah, phenomenal. I think Simona Hallett was involved in probably the three or four best matches of the whole tournament. So uh, she was little red dress. She was. I saw the match, her and Kerber. I saw the last set, and that was unbelievable. You could just their grunting wasn't even had no arrogance or no Mm. bad nothing bad about it. It was true grit that that set. Sorry, no, it really was, was, wasn't it? Um. What just quickly before my best moment? What what is your stance on grunting in tennis? Um, I wouldn't. There's a certain point. I think obviously we have to let out air when we hit the ball, yeah. so we're going to make a bit of a noise. Was it Sabalenka? Yes, Sabalenka. Yeah, yeah. Is that right? That played Ash. Mm. Um, yeah. I think that's a bit of an extreme. I don't think that is completely necessary. But, I mean, everyone has their own ways. I think there is a certain point where it's a bit ridiculous, really. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was sitting in the in the radio bunker doing updates that night, and the, the 
actual hosts from the studio in Richmond were saying that it didn't sound like I was at the tennis. So <laughs> that's how loud it was. Um, oh um, so yeah, I kind of went red and r- thought that that probably wasn't going to be the best thing to say on radio, but oh well. Uh, um, so yeah, let's... Um, he my- told me about that and I remember it now and it's really <laughs> funny. Yeah, Rowan Connolly. <laughs> He's lost it. But it is radio and not oh. television. Yeah, well, some lucky. Faces, yeah. Some funny faces. Um, yeah, I, I sort of got shocked. I didn't really know what to say. But um, my best moment of the year was, well, Jules Muller at Wimbledon making the mm. quarterfinals, beating Rafa in the fourth round, 16, oh, 15-13 in the fifth set. I thought that was one of the most unbelievable matches of 2017. And along with him winning two titles, his first two titles at the age of 34. And I think his, his emotional speech in Sydney last year, um, when he acknowledged his family, I thought that... That was one of the most beautiful moments yes. of the year and uh, thoroughly deserved to get his two titles. But um, on that moment, that's it for Breakpoint Podcast today. Gabriella De Silverfick, thank you so much for coming thank on the show you. today. It's I been really a, enjoyed that. Yeah, thank it's been you. a real pleasure. We'd love to have you on again soon. Oh, and That would be great. Um, yeah. Next time we have you on, I think you'll be world number one at that point. So. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, we hope so. We, this is, a, I think, this is the studios. It's not a bad omen. I think everyone we've had on, or well, the one player we've had on, has his ranking has risen. The Stefane train has gone up a couple of spots. So, <laughs> all right, I'll be in next week. <laughs> so sweet. Let, well, let's hope so. Anyway, and Joel Fritchie, of course. Thank you very much for being on the show today. See you next week, mate. See you next week. And remember to follow us on Instagram at Breakpoint Podcast, Twitter at Breakpoint Pod, Facebook Break point and you can also follow our Wooshka page as well which is where the show will be but that's about all we've got time for today I've been Val Febo hope everybody has a lovely day and a lovely week